Rick will be teaching this morning from Matthew 1, 18 through 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Good morning, everybody, once again. Um, let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into what I believe God has to say to us this morning. Uh, thank you, God, for this opportunity today to gather with friends and family and new friends. Father, uh, I pray, Lord, that you would guide our time together. Father, I pray for um, these next few minutes that we would center around your son, Jesus, and the hope that he has given to us, Father. And I pray that you would convince us that hope is not just us crossing our fingers, Father, but instead it's a confident expectation of what you've done. And God, I pray that we would realize who you are this morning, Father. Um, God, I I just just want to ask that you would come and dwell among us, Father. Um, This is a, a different day, Father, not a typical Sunday for us and not a typical Sunday for our guests as well, Father. But I pray that we would put aside the atypicalness of this morning, Father, and Lord, would we understand that you have a design and a purpose in each and every soul to come into this room this morning, Father, and Lord, will you give us ears to hear what it is that you have to say to us? Um, It's in Christ's name that I pray, amen. So, uh, to start off with this morning, I want to say this one simple thing, that most of the time, God, if, if we got the chance to write our own story, most of the time, we would write it in a different way. So think about what's going on in your world today. And if, if you had the choice, would you have chosen to write your story that way? The answer is probably not. You would, you would tweak at least something or change at least something. But I think that... The story of of hope and the story of Christmas says that even when the story is not going the way that we intend for it to go, that God has has a design and a purpose in it. And that design and that purpose is to get your eyes off of your circumstance and onto him. And uh, some of you I I met a while back when I performed Joe in in Sheridan's wedding. When was that? Give me a date. Before what? Four and a half years ago. I thought you said before something. So four and a half years ago. Some of you I met, met then. Others of you I, I've just met today. Um, and others that are visitors here. I've, I've just met you. But here's, here's the, the truth is I've, I've been praying for this next like 20 minutes of, of ours together. That we get a chance to, to hear what God has to say to us. But center in on what, what God wants to say to each individual in this room. So I've been praying for us this week. Um, imagine a little boy. Imagine a little boy in front of a piano in his bedroom, and that piano is also in front of a, a big window that overlooks a big field outside of his bedroom. Imagine that little boy um, practicing his piano, and he opens the curtains and sees the neighborhood kids playing 
outside in this field, and he has to sit down and practice his piano for two hours every day. And every day he sits at that piano and practices for two hours and looks out and sees all the other children in the neighborhood playing, having fun, laughing, and he can hear them laughing, but he's forced to stay and sit in the piano. Imagine the, like, the slumped shoulders from this little boy um, and this, this frustration. He doesn't get to be a, a kid, doesn't go get to have fun with his friends. And then imagine a vision coming to this little boy and he sees this, this huge, beautiful, ornate auditorium. And at, at the front of this auditorium is a piano. And it's the most beautiful, ornate auditorium he's ever seen. And in lights, outside of this auditorium, is, is his name. And he's sitting in front of the piano, playing the piano. And then he, he understands the purpose of the practice. There's a design in the fact that he doesn't get to go and do what he wants to do. And he understands that his life was meant for something more than just playing in a field. His life is meant for something different. This is the idea of hope. Is that while we wouldn't write our stories the way that God is currently writing them or the way that that we are currently writing them or or the way that people around us are writing the stories, there's a design in it. And that design is greater than us. And, and my hope for us today is that we would center around this notion and get our eyes off of the circumstances of now and onto the circumstances of the vision that's laid before us. Um, this little boy in his piano, at his piano looking out his window, is, is us in the midst of our circumstances, frustrated by our circumstances. But my prayer is that we would get a glimpse of the vision that God has for us. This is hope. In this story, Mary and Joseph are very similar. They're alone, and, but in the middle of their loneliness, in the middle of their shame, in the middle of their fear, God shows them hope, and God gives them a vision for the future. Um, and I, I want us to, to see that this morning. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Let's dig into the scripture. <clears throat> it says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. And when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. It's important to clear this up a little bit because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what this means. We hear betrothed in our 2017 ears, and we think that they were engaged. Um, to be betrothed in this Jewish culture was way more than a, a well-thought-out plan of a guy kneeling and giving a ring to his future bride. That's what we considered, like, I'm betrothed. I've, I've given her a ring, and now she's said yes, and we're now betrothed. This would have been completely different. Um, a betrothal in the Jewish culture would have been very similar to our wedding ceremony, And that friends and family would have gathered together. And there would have been uh, likely lawyers there that had drawn up a contractual document. For them, it was an exchange of families. It was an interaction of families. It was, was, we're going to pledge this and you're going to pledge this. And now you have responsibility for my daughter. It It was a coming together of two families. Very, very literal. And it was, so the actual wedding was a very spiritual ceremony. 
the betrothal ceremony was a very legal ceremony. And so what happened, there were, there were documents that were, that were created and crafted and signed that, that acknowledged what was going to happen. So a betrothal is way more than a, a great meal and a, a poem that a, a suitor reads to his, his potential bride and, and gets down on a knee. Um, by the way, uh, a lot of you probably know, like, my my engagement story, and it's, uh, I'll tell you later, it's really terrible. Um, I proposed to my wife at a quick trip. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was really terrible. Um, but I was young, and I was stupid, and, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't have someone coming alongside saying, Rick, no. Um, so, but, but that was just a, a simple little engagement process. But when we see this here, now Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, we think that it's just this sort of engagement of our age, what we do when, we are, when an engagement happens. There's, it's more than that. It's, it's a legal ceremony that, that had taken place. And, and further, if there were... Uh, premarital sex among betrothed people that would have brought great shame on Joseph and on Mary. And not only great shame, but that shame would leave them alone and would leave them discouraged. And so there's this, there's this pressure that's weighing on Joseph. In this moment, when this happens, and Joseph is about to get visited by an angel, when this happens, Joseph had been aware of Mary's pregnancy for about four months. So he had been saddled with this stress of what am I going to do? Um, think about something in your life right now that brings you stress. Think about something in your life right now that's just frustrating or dark or hard to deal with. And think, for me, those things happen in, in my idle time when I don't have something active that I'm doing, my mind immediately goes to that place and I just stress and worry and get this angst about it. Are you like that? Uh, what's going on in your world? That's something that brings you angst. For, for Joseph, it would have been this. My wife, my betrothed, and again, it's not just engaged. There's, there's a legal thing that's happened there. My betrothed is pregnant, and I didn't do it. And now my, Joseph's life had always been about being just and being righteous and doing the right thing and doing exactly what he was supposed to do. And now something had entered into that equation to mess it up. And so here, he's been betrothed, and before she was found to be with child, her husband, was Joseph, was just a man, a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, so he resolved to divorce her quietly. So what's happened here is this Joseph has no idea what to do, and he's been stressing for probably four months on what happened here. Um, and Further, the punishment for, this would have been considered to be adultery. If Mary had had sex with someone else while she was betrothed to Joseph, then Mary would have been, there would have been cause to literally stone her. Like she's, she, capital punishment is, her, is the punishment for her crime. So Joseph's got to wrestle with that. My, my betrothed could be dead because of what happened. But there's this shame, there's this desire in me to do things right and do things properly. This is not the story that Joseph would write. Go down to verse 20. Joseph, torn by his desire to do the right thing, but also torn with his love for this girl, Mary. She's not yet a woman. She's 13 years old, likely. 
Verse 20. But as he considered these things, I want to stop for a second and think about that. My brain, some of you are probably like this. My, when I consider things, when I'm alone with my thoughts, I can go to like ridiculous places of there's no way that can ever happen. Like, oh my gosh, my wife is pregnant. I know it was, I know it was that dude because it wasn't me. And, and get, start getting angry and, and painting a picture about that dude who has been flirting with your wife or something like that. And you just get this, and your mind just goes a million different places. And, okay, what are these people going to think about this? So I need to protect myself from these people because they're going to believe this about me and believe this about my wife. But then I think about, wait a second, I love Mary. What am I going to, so that, are you, you're like that? Like your brain just goes to a million different scattered places to, to create stories that don't exist? I think this is what happens when, Joseph says, or when the Bible says, but as he considered these things, do I stay with her? Do I leave her? Do I divorce her? What happens? Just then, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, I want to stop for a second. This phrase, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This phrase is what I've been praying for every one of us about for these moments. So pay attention here. Whatever is going on in your world, and we're, we're talking about Mary and Joseph and, and Christmas and, and the birth of Jesus and dusty mangers and your mind is there, but I want you to take your mind onto your situation for just a second and understand this. There's this, whatever is, 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 is here, the, this, whatever is, as he considered these things, the, the stress and the tension and the turmoil that's in Joseph's heart. I'm praying that God would enter into that and give you a bigger vision than these immediate circumstances. So here it is. This is what God, through an angel, says to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do you know the greatest, the the single most frequent command in all of Scripture from God to his people is do not fear. Think about that for a second. We think about God as this, this ruler saying, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. The most frequent command that he makes is don't be afraid. And Joseph, as he's sitting here alone with his thoughts, stressed about what he's supposed to do, God enters in and says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. There is hope for tomorrow. There is hope for tomorrow. Um, Let me ask you this question. Um, What if the thing that brought you the greatest strife, pressure, and tension was conceived by the Holy Spirit? Think about the thing that makes you the angriest, the most frustrated, the most what in the world is going on in my life, the thing that you would absolutely not rewrite for yourself. What if that thing, the death of a a friend, the, the, the illness of a child, the stress of a marriage... The, the death of a parent. What if, what if the thing that brought you the worst feeling, what if that very thing was conceived by the Holy Spirit? Do you leave room in your self-centered brain that that might be true? Some of you I don't know very well. I apologize for that slap in the face. But I promise you, 
I'm slapping myself in the face as we speak. But what's happened here? Go look, look back at verse 20. But as he considered these things, all of the stress, an angel of the Lord, a messenger of God. So these are God's words spoken to Joseph. And I believe God's words spoken to you right now, right here. Joseph, son of David, do not fear. And now we insert in this verse Joseph's particular stress to take Mary as your wife. So we can insert whatever it is that stresses you. Do not fear about this stress. For that which is conceived in you is from the Holy Spirit. What if the thing that brought you the greatest strife, pressure, and tension was conceived by the Holy Spirit? What if there's a great design to it? And that great design is hope. God wants to enter in to your stress, to your feeling alone, to your feeling ashamed, to your feeling afraid. And he enters in and says, don't be afraid. I've got a plan. Verse 21 is the plan. The thing that's in your wife is this, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save all his people from their sins. There's hope for tomorrow, and there's hope for today. Because this baby, this problem, and make no mistake, the thing that stresses David is Jesus in the womb. This problem that, that Joseph faces will grow into a man named Jesus who will eventually die on a cross and bear the sins of his father, David, and his mother, Mary, and all of his friends, and, and all of us. He'll bear the weight of all of our sins. And so Think about that metaphor. That problem that exists in David's world, that problem that exists in your world, will grow up to become the thing that brings you into perfect relationship with the Father. Like we are all, all of us, every single one of us, were created to be in perfect communing, abiding relationship with God the Father. That's why you exist. The thing that will bring you the greatest joy in your world is to be connected to God. And the stuff that's around us distracts us from that. And gets our eyes off of that and, and on to him. And this is the thing that God is bringing to us. The thing, the stress that's conceived in you. The purpose of it. The very foundational purpose of the stress that breaks your heart and distracts you. The very purpose of it is to take you to, for that thing to grow up into hope. If we really believed that... If we really believe God when he says, I have a plan for you, the stress of our lives just fades away because she will bear a son. The thing that brings you stress, Joseph, is, is the answer for all the world. Think about that. The thing that brings you stress, could it be? That that has a design and a purpose to get your eyes onto a holy God who loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And like half of you people here, I don't know. I don't know where you stand with God. I don't know what you think about Jesus. 
I don't, you probably thinking, would you shut up and dedicate my nephew? I will in a second, I promise. But right now, like perhaps we're all here today to hear this fact that whatever it is in us, God intends to grow up into a man, just like the baby that's in Jesus in Mary's womb, that will be called Jesus and will save the world from all their sins. Whatever is in you, God intends to grow that up that eventually ends in hope. This is what the Father has for you. Hope for tomorrow. There is no shame. There is no judgment. There is no more sin. All that's been done has been done to bring you here to this place. Um, I want to transition now into thinking about these babies. Thinking about there's, there's hope for tomorrow in this pregnancy of Mary. And there's hope for today in this birth of Christ. But there's also hope for tomorrow in these babies. Um, and I, this, is, this is really cool. I didn't, I didn't intend for this, but as I was thinking through, each one of these babies has a, and their families has a really incredible story. A really incredible story that we would probably not write for ourselves. Like the Joe, this is, Nora is, is the second baby of theirs. And, and the first baby was, was really difficult. They didn't sleep well. Had lots of consternation. We need to go to see doctors and to help us understand why this baby's not sleeping well. And it was, there was a lot of frustration, a lot of hand a lot of like sleepless nights. Like what is going on? A story that the Joe's would not write for themselves. And that could have brought them to a place that they would not have desired to have Nora. But here she is. We're going to dedicate her in just a minute. And then Maverick, just before Maverick was born, Joe's company just like did away with his job. And now Joe doesn't have a job. And what am I like? Joe would not have written that story. But the opportunity that Joe has to be with Maverick on a daily basis is there because of that little problem that's there that that could grow up into a great problem but that could grow up into a great problem that brings incredible opportunity to be near god and then the the wimples reagan and nathan you guys tried for years to have a baby years we prayed through that stuff and and now like you would not have written that story the story that you would write for yourself would have been way different than these two. But God is writing a story way bigger than that. God is writing a story way bigger than any story that we could ever create. And, and the story that he's writing, while it might in, in, involve hardship and difficulty and pain and strife and stress, God has conceived that in you. God has conceived that in these little kids, these incredible babies to weave this story of hope into our lives. Be encouraged at your stress. Be encouraged at the thing that brings you strife because God is weaving that into you. Um, why don't you guys bring, bring your babies up here, if you would. Um, I promised I would shut up and dedicate them, and here we go. Uh, me get this out of the way. So this is everything that's, that's happening here is very intentional for us. Um, and 
the direction that you guys are standing is very intentional. So uh, let me, as you guys stand and, and look out, look at your, your, your family and your friends, and I want to talk to you guys for just a second. Um, everything, like the way you're seated and the way they're standing looking at one another is, is very uh, intentional and very important for us. Uh, a baby dedication is not just so that we can ooh and ah over babies, although that's, that's a very good thing to do. But it, it's also like... We believe that God has brought us together as a community, as a family, to help these three families raise these four kids and engage them with the gospel and engage them with the cross of Jesus Christ and point them towards the hope that we've been talking about this morning. And so everything that's happening this morning, talking about hope, is pointing towards this opportunity. And it's also this opportunity is, is pointing towards the future where we will be together. This family, this small, close-knit community of believers that are gathered together to proclaim the gospel of Christ over these kids for generations. God, thanks so much for Jesus. Thanks for this opportunity you've given each of us today to, uh, to witness your... <coughs> your grace and your hope and your peace and your mercy on display, Father. God, I thank you so much for Jesus. I thank you for uh, these people who uh, have come from near and from far, God, to, to support their families, to support the people that they love, God. I, I pray now as we respond, would we see your son Jesus on display? Would we put aside the distractions of these moments, Father? Would we put aside the distractions of of whatever is, is going on in our brains, Father, and instead just sit with you and thank you for what you've conceived in us. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.